Hey everybody, oh yeah, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard the New Hope Radio ship. We are on our way. We are on our way to bringing you the Word of God. So glad you tuned in today because we have a topic that is a very, I would call it an important topic. And you know why? (laughs) It's from the Word of God. If it's from God's Word, let me tell you something. It's really important. Did you know that Jesus had two families? He did. We're going to talk about that. How do you have two families? I want to see how that works today. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget the Hope Club podcast. You can catch all these messages on the Hope Club podcast. It's on our website, newhopecc.tv. Any place good podcasts are found as well. And join the Hope Club. $3 a week. You'll get a devotional in the mail every day in your email box. Get you started off on the right foot with the Lord. Well, we've been meeting Jesus again for the very first time because we want to see him in a fresh new way. Last time we were together, we talked about Jesus and children. Oh, yeah. What did Jesus think about children? Well, he said they're very important. Matter of fact, (laughs) they're the most important. Don't ever forget that. Your children in your life, they're really important. They are our role models on how to get to heaven. Jesus said that. You want to get to heaven? Become like a child. All right. We saw parents have two responsibilities. Number one, train them up in the way they should go. Number two, bring them to Jesus. Yeah, man, bring them to Jesus. You don't want your kids growing up and they don't know the Lord. Today we're going to see another aspect of Jesus, perhaps at first sight, a startling aspect. But we're going to learn today that Jesus has two families. Wow, two families. Did you know that? Did you know the Bible mentions that Jesus had two families? Today we're going to meet them both. Yeah. We're going to see his natural family. How many have ever heard the Christmas story about the birth of Jesus. An angel came to a young girl engaged to be wed and the angel told her she'd have a son. And the angel then appeared to Joseph, the man she was going to marry. And he relayed the same message that he gave to Mary and said to name him Jesus. That was interesting. Normally, They would name the son after the father. The angel said, no, we're not going to do that this time. This time, you're going to call him Jesus. And you know what they said? Okay. All right. So here it is. Here's Jesus, right? Born of a virgin. His mother was Mary. His father was Joseph. And as time went on, the family grew. We note that in Matthew 13, verse 54, that Jesus came to his hometown And he began teaching them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. And they said, where did this man get this wisdom? And these miraculous powers, wow. They said, is not this the carpenter's son? Like, they said, wait a minute, Joseph's his father. We saw this little guy grow up. How's he such a good teacher? 
And how does he do these things? John 6.42 emphasizes, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers, here it comes, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Oh, Jesus had brothers. And his sisters, are they not all with us? So if you look at this natural family of Jesus, Mary and Joseph had at least seven kids. James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and Jesus. That's five. Two girls, seven, that are mentioned. Okay? Two daughters. That's seven kids. Now, as the Roman Catholic Church stands corrected, they attribute the siblings to distant relatives. And they believe that, well, they're not really from Mary and Joseph. They're, they're like cousins. But John makes it clear that's not the case. And if they were, if they were cousins, why would they even be mentioned? You don't mention cousins. That's not the immediate family. So yes, Mary and Joseph enjoyed a normal, happy marriage, sexual relationship. And they had other children. Therefore, the question, where then did this man get all these things? How did he get so smart and where did he get this power? In other words, his learning. How did he learn all these things? See, in John's gospel, their suspicion arose when Jesus said he came down out of heaven. <laughs> that, that, that'll, that'll make people think, what? What do you mean you came down out of heaven? I don't have, I mean, put yourself in their place, right? We read it and we go, yeah, Jesus, we know you came down out of heaven. But these people, they're hearing it for the first time. So Jesus says, I can't, I'm, the, I'm like the bread that came down out of heaven. They're like, really? <laughs> Did I really hear him say that? <laughs> See, it seems people often struggle with Jesus' origin. And you know the truth is, people reject what they don't understand. Right? If someone doesn't understand something, they just write it off. They reject it. Verse 57 says, they took offense at him. They get angry. What do you mean you came down out of heaven? What are you? Some kind of nut. We saw you grow up in Nazareth. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. And what he's saying is, a prophet has honor everywhere he goes except when he's home. When he's home, people don't honor the prophet. You know why? They're familiar. They're familiar with him. When Jesus said, when the Bible says that they took offense at him, the word is scandalizo. That's where we get the word scandal. It means to stumble. They stumbled over, they tripped over that. They couldn't get beyond Jesus, when he said he came down out of heaven, they're like it's stuck in a rut right there. You know, just stuck. They couldn't get beyond it. So, you know, think about it. Jesus had it tough coming as the Savior of the world. He did. The religious leaders, they doubted him. Some other people doubted him. Even his own family had second thoughts about him. John tells us not even his brothers were believing in him. That's real familiar. But you know the great thing about Jesus? He loved his family. 
And he didn't let their disbelief stop him from loving them. And you know why? Because they were family. Some of you that are listening today, you have divided families. And you've stopped loving each other. And you know why you stop loving each other? Because you don't see the value of the family. That's all. If you esteem the family and you value the family the way God does, then you will make amends and you will bring oneness and unity to your family. And you need to do that the best you can. Jesus' family doubted him, but he loved them and he never stopped loving them because they were family. One day Jesus was in a house with his 12 disciples and there were so many people coming and going They couldn't even eat their lunch, the Bible tells us. They just wanted to get away. Let's have something to eat, fellas. Take a break. And people were cramming in. Oh, because you know what? They love to listen to Jesus. They love to listen to the words that just flew off his lips. It was so encouraging. So the Bible tells us in Mark 3, when his own people heard of this, they went out to take custody of him. Who's his own people? Well, we would say that's his family. (laughs) They went to take custody of him, for they were saying, (coughs) excuse me, he's lost his senses. (laughs) His family came to get him because they thought he was out of his mind. What was the problem with these people? They were too close to the situation. That's all. You know, when you're too close to something, you don't see it for what it really is. Seeing Jesus grow up before them, put them in a place where they could not see beyond the man. They could not see beyond the person that they knew all those years. 30 years they saw Jesus grow and mature, and they couldn't get beyond that. So because they couldn't see beyond Jesus' humanity, they couldn't receive his message of eternity. Boy, isn't that the case today? Because some people can't see beyond Jesus' humanity, they can't receive the message of eternity. Eventually, they came around to believing. But you know when they did? After the resurrection. Oh, then everything came true. Oh, yeah, you can't doubt now. He died and he's alive again. What are you gonna, how, are you, how are you going to argue against that? Our brother died. There he is. He's walking around. He's alive. Now we believe. Acts chapter 1, verse 13. The disciples went up into the upper room in Jerusalem to pray. And guess who went with them? Tells us in verse 14. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Here it comes, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. How cool is that? Jesus' brothers are all praying. And the sisters could have been there. It just wasn't mentioned. They're all praying with mom, with Mary in the upper room. They're believers. That's why. James later became the leader of the Jerusalem church. He's he's the guy that was the Lord's half-brother. Because the Holy Spirit was Jesus' father and Mary was his mother. But with James, Joseph was his father and Mary was his mother. 
He not only became a believer, he became the pastor. Pastor of the church. How cool is that? Paul, after his conversion, he went to Jerusalem and he spent two works, two weeks with Peter. And then he said in Galatians 1.19, he said, I did not see any other of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Paul knew who James was. It doesn't say the Lord's cousin. <laughs> the Lord's brother. I saw James. James is Jesus' brother. No, not brother in the faith. Brother in the family. Don't let people twist the scriptures. Let's accept the Bible for what it says. Okay? It is what it is. It says what it says. Let's not twist it and distort it and then miss the whole meaning of the message that it's communicating. Okay? So, Jesus had a natural family. At least seven siblings in all. At least seven. That's how many you mentioned. And he loved them because they were family. And they eventually became believers. That's why you got to keep loving. Oh, don't stop loving. You got to keep loving. And hopefully your love will bring them around. Right? That's what we're hoping for. So Jesus even taught that there's nothing closer than family. So he said, honor your father. Honor your mother. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. Honor your mother and father. Give them the respect that they are due. You know why? Because God loves the family. He loves it. Then Jesus introduced his real family. I'm like, what? I thought we were just talking about his family. Yeah, we were. That was his natural family. But he's got another family. And I say this is his real family because it's longer lasting. This family that Jesus had that we're going to talk about, it's eternal. It's eternal. It goes forever. See, Jesus' natural family, that's over. It's over. They're dead, buried, they're all in heaven together. But this, this eternal family, oh, this is going to go on forever. And Jesus introduces this eternal family in a very unusual way. I like to do a message, some, a series sometimes on the unusual things that Jesus did. <laughs> he did a lot of them, right? Maybe like almost everything he did was unusual. In other words, out of the usual. Okay, so we're going to see where Jesus introduces his uh, eternal family. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. While he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, you know what behold means, right? Look at that. Pay attention. Hey, look what's happening. Behold, his mother, that must be Mary, and his brothers, they were standing outside seeking to speak to him. Here comes his family, the brothers of Jesus and his mom. They're all out there, all five of them. And they, they want to talk to Jesus. Now, I wonder if they wanted to take him away again. You know, I wonder if again, oh, mom, Jesus is at it again. He's walking around doing miracles, 
preaching some message about the kingdom. He's, he, Mom, he's healing the blind. And the deaf can hear. Mom, we got to do something. Jesus, he's doing all this stuff again. He thinks, Mom, he thinks he's God. We got to go get him. (laughs) So Jesus is in the house. And someone said to him, Behold. Let's behold. Look at that. Pay attention. Behold, Jesus, your mother and your brothers. They're standing outside. Oh, they want to speak to you. So everybody knew Jesus' family, his natural family, right? They knew that. They knew who they were. And then the question, the question that transcends all of time. Here is a question that continues to be answered day after day, month after month, year after year, century after century, millennium after millennium. It affects not only those in Jesus' day, but those in every day, in every generation. And Jesus answered the one who was telling him. And here's the question. Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Now, they're probably thinking, well, Jesus, no, your mother's Mary, and there's your brothers, they're all out there, Joseph and Judas and... Jesus, when he says, who is my mother and who are my brothers? He's not challenging his natural family. You know what he's saying? Who do I love? Who do I care about? Because that's family, right? There's no one you love more than your family. There's no one you care about more than your family. So Jesus is saying, who do I really love? Who do I want the best for? How about this? Who's in my heart? Who has a place in my heart? So he asked the question. And then he answered his own question. And stretching out his hand toward the disciples, he said, Behold. What's behold mean? Look at that. Pay attention. Look. My mother and my brothers. He stretched out his arms. He was encompassing all the people that were there. You know, I'm glad. See, when the Bible says behold, it means to look. I'm glad he didn't point. Because that would have meant only a few. If he pointed and said, well, there's my mother and brother and so forth. But no, he stretched out his hand. A gesture which includes many, many. Look who they are. See all these people? This is my family. Who, Jesus? Who's your family? Jesus, all these people? How are they your family? They didn't grow up with you in Nazareth. We watched you. We saw you playing with your brothers. We saw you doing chores and your sisters. These people weren't there. How are they they your family? And then Jesus said, Whoever does the will of my Father who's in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. See, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven. 
Who's Jesus' father in heaven? It's got to be God. You know why? Joseph wasn't yet in heaven. He was in paradise. Joseph was in paradise with Abraham. And paradise didn't go to heaven until Jesus was raised from the dead and he ascended into heaven and he went to paradise and brought everybody with him to heaven. So here, it's got to be a referral to God the Father. Whoever does the will of my Father, who's in heaven, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. So then the next question would be, okay, what's the will of God then? If, if they have to do the will of God to be your mother, sister, and brother, then what do they have to do, Jesus? He said, well, this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. That's the will of God. The will of God for all people is that they would believe in Jesus. It's God's will. That's it. So you think, yeah, he's got a lot of specific, particular wills for people. But there's one general will for mankind. And what is it? Who Everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And that's how you get into the family of God. Now, Jesus is not lowering the value of his family. He's not saying, those people I grew up with, that's not my real family. No, he's not saying that at all. Not at all. He's still honoring that family. He's honoring Mary and his brothers and sisters. You know what he's doing? He's raising up those that believe to the level of his family. That's what he's doing. He's raising up everybody else to that level. He's not rejecting his natural family. He's raising up his spiritual family to the level of his natural family. Why? Because with his natural family, he loves them. He cares for them. They're deep in his heart. And now Jesus is saying, those that see me and believe in me, you're family to me. I love you. I care for you. You're deep in my heart. He's raising us up. That's what makes us the family of God. See, Jesus would never diminish the value of his natural family. That would contradict the scriptures. Family's important. Honor your mother and father. He would never dishonor that. He would never violate the scriptures. So he's not bringing them down. He's bringing us up, up high to their level. And again, you know, if you read between the lines, what, what is God telling us? He's telling us value your family. Value your family. Is it any wonder the family's under attack by Satan today? Oh, yeah. He's attacking the family. 
He's sowing seeds of chaos and discord and confusion. Boys don't know if they're boys. Girls don't know if they're girls. Absent fathers, loose mothers, you name it. There's so much division. It's all the work of Satan. But God values your family. He loves your family. And he wants you to put your family first. Put your family first. It's God first, family second. Matter of fact, church third. Okay? You never have... It's God, family, church. So you don't cost your family at the... You don't be in the church at the expense of your family. God, family, church is third. Okay? So here's the real question. Are you in the real family of Jesus? The real one. The eternal one. That's probably a better word. The eternal family. I know you can't be in the natural family. You know why? That was a long time ago. Can't be in that one. Too late. But you can be in the eternal one. You can be the one where you're going to be family forever and ever. And you know what? Yeah. You'll be family with all believers. All believers. That's going to be an incredible thing. So we learned something today. We learned that our families are very important. And we have to love them with everything we've got. And we've got to keep them one the best we can. And then number two, we learn that God's family is growing. And it gets bigger and bigger. And every time somebody accepts Christ as their Savior, the family of God is growing. Wow. I like that. And we are going to have an awesome family reunion, reunion one day in heaven. Oh, yes, we are. That's going to be incredible. And I got a feeling... <laughs> It's not that far away. I don't think it is. I don't think it's too far away at all, the way things are going. So let's keep that in mind. Let's remember to always value the family. You know why? Because God does. Hey, thanks for coming along today. Join the Hope Club. Get a daily devotional. Go to newhopecc.tv, click giving, then click e-giving. Choose the radio fund, three bucks a week. Come on, you can do that. Fill out the info, hit submit, you're in. You get a devotional in your email box every Monday through Friday. Build you up in the faith, get you off to a great start. I want to thank you for coming along today. Pray for the program, and uh, we'll see you next time for more <laughs> of New Hope Radio. <laughs>